This is episode number 146 of the Well-Fed Women podcast. Welcome to Well-Fed Women. I'm your co-host, Noelle Tarr, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer, and I'm joined by my bestie, Stephanie Ruper, author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature. On the show, we provide moderately abusing banter, authentic, unfiltered conversations relating to nutrition, fitness, mindset, and body image, and offer empowering advice for women from women. While you're listening, please keep in mind that the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used to diagnose or treat disease. We are so excited to have you here. So now let's have some fun. Noelle sounds awake right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it's, it's been some interesting experiences over the last few weeks, but Last night in particular, I went to bed at 7.30. 7.30, yeah. Uh, was out. And then my kiddo woke up around 12.30 or 1, and then she woke up at 4.30. So even though I woke up at 4.30 for the day, because it took me a while to get her back down, I still got some decent sleep. So. Okay. Yeah. We, we traveled over this past weekend. I don't know if you saw that. We had the Marine Corps ball. With my husband's reserve unit, and so this was the first time with us traveling with her, and it was it was a bit of fun? a struggle. <laughs> it was fun to be, you know, I don't know, to test out new scenarios. She did really well in the car seat the first leg, the first, like, going there, coming back the last hour. She was pretty miserable, and it was because she was tired and needed to sleep, and she doesn't sleep in the car seat. Um, in terms of, like, if she's riding in the car. So she was ready to go down, and then she took a three-hour nap. Um, but, yeah, I uh, it, it just the amount of things that are spinning, like, spinning in your head. Uh, like, we had to do a bunch of laundry before we left so that we'd have enough stuff to pack. And then, I mean, we basically brought everything so that we could really keep our routine and structure and, I mean, make things as homey as possible so that she would nap and sleep. And um, so, you know, extra luggage, we, you know, extra things, the bass travel bassinet, the pack and play, the thing, all that stuff. And just is like, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Whenever I see families, they've always got just like the biggest bags. <laughs> um, I always yeah. feel so bad because I know what's in there, you know. <laughs> and it's like you want to entertain them throughout. Like she loves being on the floor and it, like with her um I don't know, they're like little activity gym things where you they lay on the floor and there's things hanging above them and she loves rolling around and playing and that's, we brought that. I mean, it's just like everything. It's like, let's just move in. I don't know. So it's just, yeah. So like literally for two days, I did zero work and was like trying to prep and like make lists and make sure we had everything and yeah. Because then, and then it was like for the ball, then it was like my husband's uniform, me, I needed to have a nice dress. Then I realized I didn't have any shoes or jewelry for it because it's, it's an old dress and it was so much. Um, but we're back. And so hopefully we'll be back on a routine here soon, our normal routine. Um, yeah. So yeah. what did you do this weekend? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not that. Not that. I went dancing in London a couple of times, um, which was fun but I ended up you know it's funny I've started to leave dancing feeling sad sometimes which is interesting because uh, dancing is uh, so much fun and but I also like very much am emotionally present you know in a lot of my dances and 
you give a lot of emotional energy. And then I just I'm so aware now, you know, I used to just love that I could go and be have this like, fun, really loving in love kind of experience for a few hours, and then go home and be like, cool. But now I leave and I'm just like, so aware of how empty it actually is. <laughs> right? Because you you have have these feelings of love for people because you dance with them a lot, or you have really connected dances or what have you, you touch them a lot. But then you go home and it's like, okay, you know, now what? Now I'm going to continue to be alone. <laughs> so uh, that's been really interesting and hmm. very helpful. You know, I actually had two opportunities to go to London to teach dance over the weekend and I, I didn't take either of them, you know, and it's, it's that in, in previous years would never have happened. You know, I would have been the first person on, on the next train. So I'm sort of moving even more uh, resolutely towards ways of experiencing meaning and stuff uh, that, are not dancing. Speaking of, I have been, uh, I used to cycle a lot. I call it cycling. Right? <laughs> that you do. Nobody yeah. calls it biking. There's no biking in England. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how lowbrow. Uh, and it's just, it's so wonderful. This morning I went for, I saw an alpaca yesterday. Like Where? Oh, love alpacas. England, <laughs> just like here in a field. Um, really like somebody owned it what's the most amazing thing like in England people just like have livestock kind of animals like everywhere like I go for rides now around the countryside around Oxford you know Oxford is kind of in the hills right it's just kind of out in the middle of nowhere and I like am always and there's just these rolling fields and all these huge willow trees and sheep and cows Mm. and you can like go talk to them. And yesterday there was an alpaca, you know, it's just like the craziest thing. Today I was in this little village called Wytham that I think has probably been there for, you know, 500 years. The houses have those like uh, grass roofs. Like, I don't, I don't know what they're called, but it's like all moss, like the roofs. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that people actually continue to live like that, but people do continue to live like that. And the buildings are all this really old stone and the roads are really small. They're all overgrown with trees and the cutest inns with these. Oh, it's just you. I really wouldn't have imagined that people continue to live like this, but they do. And it's it's really beautiful anyway. Mm. The That's English cool. life. Yeah. Yep. The English life. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you were cycling and you and you saw the did you stop and talk to the alpaca? I didn't because its owners were there and I I didn't want to be weird. So I just like acted really chill about it. I was like, oh, yeah, it's just an alpaca. I see those every day. No big deal. <laughs> That's funny. Just kept going. <laughs> uh, did you at least take a picture? Or no, that would be an- another weird thing. That would be another weird thing. Yeah. I was like, I'm cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting about the dance thing. Do you feel like it might just be the London scene or is it just a feeling overall with the, with dancing in general? I think it's dancing in general. I mean, I will continue to love it and enjoy it, but I need to be really clear. I think that dancing is for fun and not for like feeling the sustainability and meaningfulness of long term or shorter term, but like 
friendships and relationships, you know, like they're two very different things. And when I keep them separate, like I'm fine, you know, but Mm. I also, I just need to remember to keep them separate. Yeah. That makes sense. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Any updates from you regarding, you know, paleo for women, that thing you you run? (laughs) My job and stuff. (laughs) Your thing you do. Uh, end of November. Uh, unfortunately, no, I do not know what's going to be going on at the end of November. Um, but I imagine it's really great. So check well, it out. Paleoforwomen.com. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, I know Thanksgiving's over, so this will be this will be an interesting time of, in my life. We're actually, I told you for Thanksgiving, we're taking the train down. So that'll mm-hmm. be fun. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. We're already, you know, writing lists of all the things we need. And I'm actually mailing things, mailing things to my family. Really? Yeah. So because I don't, we can't, we can't bring it all. Yeah. Like diapers, well, like diapers actually take up a lot of space. So, and we're going to do, dis- I do cloth diaper, but we, we do disposables when we're traveling. Cause I'm just not going to carry around dirty diapers. Not going to happen. So um, I'm like mailing that and mailing a couple other things that I'm ashamed to say, but I just like. We just got to keep the routine. Right. So, yeah. Um, it, whatever makes our lives easier. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, if it makes our lives easier, we're doing it. Actually, I'm shipping it to my mom. She's bringing it. And then she's going to keep it at her house so that when we come in town for, like, Christmas and, you know, all the times in the future, mm-hmm. we'll have, you know, stuff there that's very... She doesn't have anything. Like, it's been 35 years since she had a kid there. So, I'm like, we'll get a nice little changing pad for your dresser so that I don't have to keep using, like, you know, a travel thing to change diapers when we visit for a long time. So, yeah. Wait, are you the first child to have a child? I Still am. the first grandkid? She's Aww. the first grandkid on both sides. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She's Gunning a star. for it. <laughs> She's a star. Yeah. Yeah. And this year I was like, hey, can we just not... Buy me any vitamins. I'm uh, vitamins. Can we not? I'm looking at vitamins. Um, can we? Not, can we not buy me any presents so, so that? Uh, since uh, just buy Stella things. <laughs> if you're buying Stella things, you're buying me things. So just worry about her. Please don't Aww. buy me any presents because uh, I'm already getting it. What's on your Christmas list? I'm like uh, sleep and get things for my daughter. <laughs> yeah, that's the life. Um, I don't have any new announcements. I'm not doing many new things as of late because I just time, time. But I did want to mention about Thrive Market. Um, they, I just, I'm sitting here looking at vitamins because I'm trying to find a new prenatal. And I just realized that they carry Garden of Life, which I am going to be switching to Garden of Life uh, prenatal. I, I recommend uh, Thorn a lot. And um, I think that's still a great prenatal. But moving into the breastfeeding phase, I'm kind of switching off of that. You still want to take a prenatal, by the way, when you're breastfeeding, um, which I didn't know that until, you know, started breastfeeding. But I'm switching on to the Garden of Life prenatal because I want a little bit less iron um, and I just want some different forms of vitamin A. I also started taking extra virgin cod liver oil again um so i'm kind of balancing that out but anyway so i'm shopping for prenatals on thrive they have really expanded their um supplement supplements and i used to get them um my supplements elsewhere but uh you know it's it's a little expensive sometimes um and like the garden of life the prenatal that i'm gonna that i just got is um it's $85 typically, but 58 on Thrive. So that's a 30% discount. So that's huge, especially when you're buying this and you're, it's like, I'm going to be breastfeeding for a while. So 
um, you know, it adds up. So we're just, um, that code, the um, special is still good. Go to thrivemarket.com slash women free trial membership, free shipping, and th- $60 uh, worth of organic groceries for free. There is, there's just, there's no, there's no bad things. You like, <laughs> there's no catch here. Just do it. Um, I, I shop with them, you know, every week. And so I'm excited now. They've really, I've just noticed they've really expanded their supplements, which is awesome. So I'll be doing a lot from there. And I actually got, uh, added some grass fed collagen peptides and a couple other things, magnesium, natural calm. Um, and that's just supplements, you know, that's not even including all the, the food I get. So. Yeah, so check it out. Again, the the deal is still good. Thrivemarket.com slash women. We have some good questions. Are you ready to jump in? Yeah. Yay. Question number one is from Allie. Hello, ladies. I'm a new mom, a working mom. My daughter is almost five months old, and she's such a gem. I went back to work teaching at 12 weeks postpartum. I've been paleo-ish for the last couple years, minus pregnancy, because pregnancy cravings are stronger than my will to fight them. My breakfasts were always my best meal of the day. Eggs, veggies, fruit, coffee with collagen. People told me when my baby was born to say goodbye to my breakfast time, and my response was, watch me. So even if it was 12 p.m., I still got my breakfast. (laughs) It was in all caps. That was cute. Uh, But going back to work, four months sleep regression, my life feels so out of sorts. I get my daughter and husband out the door at 7.15 and I have no desire or energy to cook breakfast. I have raw veggies and boiled eggs I could eat, but my sleep-deprived self says, get a nice coffee and a donut every day. I haven't gained any weight because I am breastfeeding. Weight is really the last thing on my mind. It's more so my immunity. I work in a school. My husband works in a different school. Our daughter goes to daycare in a school and we are slowly accumulating (laughs) all the germs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that does sound like lots of exposure. Um, gross, 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 she says. Our daughter has already had two head colds since starting daycare two months ago, and I'm terrified with my lack of sleep. I'm going to get sick and not be able to tend to her. Seeking advice of how to take care of my gut immunity without a ton of work. I've put myself on the back burner for obvious reasons. Sleep, my daughter gets about 10 to 12 hours. Most of that's in the bed with me. She wakes up every two to three hours to nurse and nurse and co-sleeping has allowed both of us to maximize our sleep which i'm learning is not good quality sleep for me i've had completely i've have completely fallen off the wagon when it comes to eating whole nutrient dense foods and want to go back so badly i write this in a current sleep deprived state so i hope this makes sense of course it did Allie. sleep tired immunity help you could have just said that and we would have been like all right (laughs) (laughs) new four month old tired yeah the context um, is really helpful. Also, yes, the schools thing. The schools, the school thing. Schools are hard. Um, how to tough. do it without a lot of work? Well, I suppose the best thing that I would recommend, or maybe the first thing I would recommend, is to do as much uh, shoring up of resources as you possibly can in the moments that are the easiest for you. So whether that's a weekend or uh, when your husband is home on some particular evenings or what have you, um, go up, like do all of the cooking for the things that you really like, right? Make ahead of time, uh, the kind of like egg muffin things that you can throw in the fridge or the freezer and things that will keep for a while, right? Whatever you like to have for breakfast. It sounds like you really know what you like and what has worked for you in the past. And so if you can, prepare those things ahead of time, you know, batch do them in a time that is available to you. That could, uh, that could be really helpful. Also take these moments to like purchase whatever stuff you might need that would help. 
I definitely think that allocating funds to this is worthwhile. You know, your health is really important to you. It's really important to being able to get your job done. It's important to your students. It's important to your child and your family. Your health is really important. And so I think it's worthwhile to put resources here. Um, so yes, doing things ahead of time. Uh, perhaps you want to look into getting like a meal delivery service like Sunbasket or Noah, what's the other one? There's another one that um, I know a lot of people talk about is Pete's Paleo. And I think that that is just yeah. straight up meals and you just like heat them up. Whereas Sunbasket is like they give you all the ingredients, but you still have to make it. And I don't know if she's there right now. Right. Yeah. Get yeah. meals. Okay. Like already done, you just like throw them in the microwave or put them on, the, put them in the oven or something. You know, stuff, something you just don't even have to think about, kind of. Thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. actually been really appealing to me of late. I'm looking forward yeah. to moving back to the states and just getting like, you know, I buy vegetables in like pre-chopped in plastic bags, which is fine. But I just keep thinking like, how cool would it be to just like have a paleo meal? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> without like having made. to do stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah, Pete's Paleo and the people who uh, run Pete's are really wonderful. So do check them out if you want. And then also buy the stuff, right? Like the fermented foods, having those around, I think could be really helpful. Take a vitamin D supplement. Like, you know, that's really clutch, especially moving into the winter times. Do people still say clutch? I do. Well, they apparently. do now. Yeah, I do now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would definitely have a little bit of a fermented food every day, whether that's a coconut yogurt or some kimchi. Those are my two favorites. You know, you could do some kombucha tea. Uh, that could be a really, you know, wonderful way to also get you a little bit of caffeine through your work day if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, a collagen peptide, perhaps, you know, with your morning drink, whatever kind of hot beverage you like. You know, we like vital proteins. Um, these things are all things you can, you can just purchase them and then integrate them into your life, defending your gut. And getting the um, vitamin. I mentioned vitamin D. I also want to mention zinc. Zinc is really important for the immune system. You could take a uh, low dose uh, zinc supplement every day. Also, I highly recommend uh, a brand. It's called Zycam. It's one of the only cold slash flu remedies that has been studied in a double blind environment, you know, a controlled study and has been proved to be statistically uh, efficient at shortening the length of colds. And this is precisely because it's made out of a nice absorbable form of zinc they, uh, you spray it in your mouth and it absorbs really quickly through the you know, sensitive tissue in your mouth. So uh, Zycam is really good for when you start to feel the onset of any kind of symptoms. Like I you know, hugely recommend that. Or you could do some sprays on the reg every day or take a different you know, uh, generic zinc supplement daily, vitamin D supplement daily. Um, maybe 1,000 I use, 500. It totally depends uh, on how much vitamin D is in your system. Most people get tested if they're really serious about vitamin D supplementation to figure out the levels they should be taking. But I think 500 or 1000 I use every day is safe. You know, people will often take more than that if they're working against a deficiency. And then the fermented foods, the peptides, uh, and getting meals prepared. I think that's probably how I'd go about it. I just don't even know where to start. I... <laughs> So many things here. <laughs> Co-sleeping, sleeping. All the I things. don't know if you want to talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So um, first and foremost, I think that this may start with you really making sure that you can get some sleep because the number one thing you can do for your immunity and your health and your sanity is just to make sure that you're getting some sleep. So if you at all feel like 
this co-sleeping isn't working for you anymore, it's okay. Like you can move to trying something different. Um, especially if you're not going to be getting quality sleep. I, um, definitely co-slept in the beginning, but quickly found that I was waking up every, probably every hour or two. And I was really struggling with my back and back pain and I couldn't move and get comfortable and I just could not get into a deep sleep. So, um, even though it was, it was a tough few nights, we really were like, okay, we're going to move back to putting her in a little bassinet beside the bed. She's going to have her own space. She'll be in our room beside me and I can just roll, like, literally don't even have to get out of bed to pick her up and pull her towards me when we need to nurse. But, um, you know, so we, we made that change. This is not to say that this is the right change for you, but, um, I think it's really important for moms to be aware of when, when they reach the point of, you know, I don't know if I'm, you know, if I'm going to be able to make it anymore. Um, and that's actually where I'd gotten a, a couple weeks ago was just, I, I had just lost it. Um, and so, so the co-sleeping thing was early on. Um, what had been happening recently, and I'm just going to tell a little, you know, per, I'm just going to speak off the cuff personally, and then I'll get more specific about building immunity, but talking about sleep. Um, I eventually started reading a lot of sleep books. I did a really awesome workshop um, with this woman, Shawnee Baker, who was a NICU nurse for a long time. She's a big fan of conscious parenting and attachment parenting, but it's called, um, it's called, I think she just calls it sleep without sleep training. Um, and it's, she calls it baby led sleep training. So it's just like, you're not, she, they call it sleep coaching, but you're, it, well, the main component of it was make sure your, your child needs to be emotionally stable to be able to sleep first and foremost. Um, and so it's building that, you know, emotional connection with them. She actually talked quite a bit about aware parenting, which is huge for me, which is understanding that your kid does need to release emotions, does have have big emotions that need to be released. And we spend, as parents, spend so much time saying, shh, and trying to stop them, and it's okay. And um, and we bounce, and we shush, and we, you know, we're trying to stop them from crying. And so then, you know, they keep waking up and stuff like that. Um, and, and really, if you can just hold your kid and allow them to express their emotions and understand that crying isn't doesn't always need to be stopped. Um, it, it, it's something we can support them through and say, I know this is frustrating, or I know you just had a big stressful day. I'm going to hold you and allow you to express that. Um, Liz Wolf has talked a lot about this um, and it's talked a lot about in her parenting Facebook group which we'll link to but she's been really helpful for me and and kind of supported me through this process of figuring all this out but um so anyway so sleeping so <laughs> so this this workshop that I went through is really helpful um, you know we talk about the kids tendencies and 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 you know uh, I guess working your sleep situation around your child's tendencies. Um, and I learned a lot. So I'll link to that workshop in the show notes because I think it's perfect and it's really, it really is supportive for, and it does talk about sleep science and sleep, like the things that work and they have something called the nudge where it's like, if your kid only bounces, only falls asleep bouncing or only falls asleep next to you, you work in small shifts of that not happening so it's like bounce for five seconds stop for five seconds and then you you bounce for five seconds you stop for 10 seconds and you slowly kind of work the non-bouncing in or you slowly kind of move yourself away from your child if you're sleeping next to them and they can only fall asleep sleeping next to you um anyway so i'll link to that that in the show notes but personally from a personal perspective about two weeks ago and i think even the last episode we recorded i was just we were just starting to come out of it but 
Um, after the four-month regression, it just never stopped. And it be- started to become just to the point where I was like, I can't manage this anymore. And there's a lot of problems with this in general. Um, you know, the postpartum experience, we expect moms to be able to do everything. You know, when they have a baby, it's like, oh, it's 12 weeks and you should go back to work. I'm not saying you shouldn't have. Like, some women are ready to. Um, but some women, it's a necessity, right? And so we feel really down on ourselves if, like, we're not thriving through this whole process of having a 12-week-old trying to go back to work, trying to sleep and also eat well and all the things and like, oh, maybe I should be getting back into fitness. And as a culture, like we just expect so much of women and we just think, oh, well, they need to bounce back and get out of it. And we put a lot of pressure on women. And, you know, back in the day, having a child was a huge experience. There was a whole tribe involved and you had support and you had support through the night and family was around and just didn't it's just you know not happening that now and and that's not how we see it and and unfortunately you know that's kind of where I was at was like I wasn't meant to do this you know by myself and I would I would go back and forth and be like how is this so hard and why do I suck so bad at it um you know why am I so terrible why is this so hard I have one kid um and I work from home like I can surely I can do this but like the more and more that sleep deprived I was, the more I was like, you know, I would spend hours trying to get her down for a nap, hours holding her for a nap. I'd maybe have like an hour or two during the day where I just could like get any anything else done, which ended up being running around the house trying to get, you know, everything else done, the laundry and actually like maybe make a salad. But my husband's been making dinner. Um so it just was like, I just was like at a breaking point. I wasn't sleeping. My anxiety was out of control. I was like, what, is, you know, I can't, I can't live like this anymore. Um, and, and I think that a lot of moms get that way. It's like, I just can't do it. You know, how, do, how am I supposed to do this? Um, and then there's all this guilt that sets in. And it's just as unfortunate because we weren't meant to do this alone. You know, we, and we weren't meant to be superstars at four months postpartum or five months postpartum or whatever. I mean, it's like a good year where, you're still getting used to everything. Um, and as a culture in our, in our, you know, in our country, we don't support women through that. We really think that, you know, oh, you had a baby, congrats. And then it's like, bye, you know, like we don't, <laughs> it's, you know, nobody wants to help out. So anyway, um, I mean, and that's just, that's not to anybody else's detriment. It's just people don't quite understand until they have a baby. And then it's, you know, it's just hard. We're all, we're all consumed in our own worlds and doing our own things. Um, much less of a, you know, we don't have like a tribe kind of, format to our society now um and so yeah so uh, first of all you don't need to feel guilty i mean if if whatever you need to do to get by is is what you need to do to get by and that's kind of where i'm at but um about two weeks ago i started i had a friend say you know hey have you allowed her to to just kind of release any emotion um in your arms lately and i said well no because i feel like all she does is fuss and cry so like why am i just gonna let her cry more and she's like well you know, what if, what if, you know, from a where parenting perspective, allowing her to release her emotion completely and safely in your arms may really help. And she, Stella was, was waking up like every night and um, multiply like every one to two hours. It was taking us two to three hours sometimes to get her back to sleep. So I just, I said, I can't do it anymore. I can't bounce another nap. I can't, I mean, I just, I can't do this. My back was killing me. Um, and I said, okay, you're just going to, I'm just going to let you release your emotions in my arms. And um, she cried for about 20 minutes. I did everything sleep-wise, turned, you know, dark room, white noise. This is the time that we sleep. And if you need to release emotion, I'm right here. And so I didn't shush her, didn't pat her, didn't do anything. She cried for 20 minutes, fell asleep, and slept. I had a nice hard nap that I didn't have to, I still held her, but um, I didn't have to, like, continue to, she didn't keep waking up, which that was happening, Um 
And I said, all right, from here on out, we are. I'm just going to hold space for you to release your emotion um, before we sleep, and we'll see what happens. And that night, I did it again before bedtime, and she, she cried for 20 minutes in my arms and put herself to sleep, fell asleep, transferred her, and she didn't. She woke up at like 1 or 2. Which So we had a good six-hour chunk before she woke up, and I brought her into bed, and I fed her, and I popped her off. I wasn't I also experiencing something um, called vasospasms and they're really painful and she was just she needed my she needed to be sucking she needed to be nursing also to go to sleep so here we are bouncing nursing i mean all the, i was doing all the things just to get her to sleep it was it was a nightmare um and so i'd bring her to bed i would feed her and i'd pop her off before she fell asleep and what do you know she felt she just popped off and was like okay and went to sleep and that was the first night so by three nights she was actually she was sleeping from before we traveled she would go to bed at you know 7 30 or 8 and sleep till like four and and then I'd put her back down and she'd sleep till like eight. So that was just three nights of, all right, going to bed is you being able to express emotion if you need to. And you're going to you're going to go to you're going to put yourself to sleep in my arms. I mean, we're going to work together. And last night she she moved around for like five minutes and didn't even cry and just put herself to sleep in my arms. And y'all know I'm pretty i'm sorry this is a long answer to the question but i'm all this is to say is that i'm a fan of aware parenting um and and really just being aware of your kids emotions and giving them space to release it because a growth spurt is hard and i think that that's part of it is this four-month regression is so hard on them and they're developing a lot and they're learning new skills and sometimes they just need to learn to release emotion and they do need to learn you know you just need to give them slight nudges to help them learn how to you know fall asleep independently and I was just at the point that I was like, at this point, I don't even care anymore. I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't, I can't function. Um, and so, so that's that's where we're at right now. Um, and it's it's working really, really well. And I'm very, very thankful for it. And um, I'm just thankful that that you know Liz has been talking about it more. And I think it has helped a lot of people. Um, and from your baby's perspective, your baby will feel a lot more comfortable expressing emotion long term and won't be you know stuffing it. But um, there's a book. It's called Aware Parenting. Um, and I do think that Liz, Liz said she's going to be possibly interviewing, um, Alexis who, who kind of came up with the concept. And then, um, the Modern Mamas podcast is, um, going to be interviewing Eliza Parker, who is another big fan of aware parenting. So we'll link to that in the show notes. I'm not sure when that's coming out, but, um, all that's to say that if you need sleep, you, you know, it may take a week, but it really does. It, if you can move towards doing something that's going to work for for you and supporting your kid in the meantime, like sleep, sleep, sleep. Sleep is so important. You have to do it, or you're you like, like you said, you're just going to lose your mind. And that's where I was a few weeks ago. And I'm just happy we're kind of coming on the other side of that. Um, and I was happy to have the support of friends. So if you need support, just you can reach out to me via Insta. Um, supporting your immune system, easy ways, of course, be taking a prenatal of some sort. I'm a huge fan of taking vitamin C and I still take it because you all remember when I first and <laughs> when I first came back to the podcast, I was sounded like a grouchy bear. Um, my I was coughing and it just was terrible. And so I take uh, Pure Synergy, a whole food vitamin C supplement. I highly recommend that I would start taking a cod liver oil so that you're getting some fat soluble vitamins. The Rosita extra virgin cod liver oil would be great. Make sure you're taking a probiotic. I do take gut. No, I don't take gut pro. I take bio cult. Um, bone broth. If you can drink some bone broth in the morning, that would be cool. 
Um, you can mix some collagen in with that. And of course, kettle and fire, easy. You just rip it open, pour it in. <laughs> that is huge. Um, I will link to that in the show notes. But I think that like just buy, you know, eight to 10 cartons of it and warm it up in the microwave. And yo, that is going to change your life right there. So drink some bone broth. It's really, it's rich in minerals that support the immune system. They can, it does contain collagen, but you can mix more in. Um, and then what else was I going to say? Oh, colloidal silver. Um, so there's been a lot of study on colloidal silver. Um, it's antibacterial, antiviral, and anti-inflammatory. It's it's used to control sinus infe- sinus infections. They have they do have a nasal spray that you can try, um, and that's and that's good for immune support. I know that a lot of people use that, and so we we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Um, and that's the easy stuff, and and then take vitamin D. Now, uh, but here's the other thing, just. Just recognize that this is a time where you're just you're just gonna have to make it through. And if you get a cold or whatever, you are gonna be able to take care of your kid if you get a cold. And if you can't, you need to find somebody to help. Your husband needs needs to help. You need to call your mom over. You know, just you. It's okay. Like you find support. You'll be able. You'll be able to get through it. I promise. Um, and you know, supporting your body. Um, in the best way possible. You know, I, I do, like Stephanie said, I do get some meals now from Whole Foods um, that are just, I can pop in the microwave and eat when I need like a real meal. Um, and that's where we're at right now, you know? And I order a lot of snacks and stuff and bars, like grass-fed protein bars from Thrive. The I use brick bars and I eat um, Epic bars. And that's and that's kind of where I'm at. So if you can you can like make your snacky foods um, more you know high quality and nutrient dense, and drink some bone broth, and just know that this is a phase that we're gonna get through. It's gonna be tough, um, and you know we're gonna work on the sleep thing. It's gonna get better. I think that that will be huge for you. And I do know that Liz has talked about her story. She was co sleeping, and her child would wake up a ton at night and really needed to be latched on to fall asleep. And so aware parenting really helped her in that area. And I'm, she might, I don't know where she talked about it. She might've talked about it somewhere. I think she's talked about it. She's written about it in her Facebook group. Um, so just, you know, Google search aware parenting and in her Facebook group, which I, I think it's called parenthood, parenthood with Liz Wolf. Um, so there's the, so those are some resources building immunity. It's okay. Um, I'll link to the, the sleep, the sleep, uh, thing that I did, the workshop, which was very helpful. And um, give yourself grace, man. Grace is huge. And this you deserve all of it right now. You and your husband are both working. Your kids, you know, at, you're at school as well. So yeah, just keep keep on keeping on breastfeeding, sleeping as, as best as you can um, and supporting your immune system. And you will, you will get through it. So Question number two is from Megan. Hello, ladies. I'm looking for ways to support hair health slash growth and I'm feeling overwhelmed by all the research out there about miracle supplements and oil treatments. I was wondering if you guys knew any tips slash tricks that actually improve hair health. A little background. I, after two to three years of being vegetarian, I noticed that my hair seemed to be thinning out and breaking easier and its growth seemed to be stunted. I took this as one of the several signs that I needed meat back in my diet and I have been eating meat again for about a year and a half. I haven't seen much improvement with my hair, however, and I've still been shedding more than I used to pre-vegetarian. I'm 23 now and hopefully too young for age-related hair loss. I try to stick to a whole foods paleo diet, but I am also a broke recent graduate and don't turn down free meals. I am not particularly stressed at this point in my life. 
and not taking any supplements besides a generic multivitamin that I usually forget anyway. I admittedly also just want longer hair faster, but I'm aware that there are no quick fixes for this, but any advice would be welcome. Thanks, ladies, for all you do, do to empower women to live their best lives and love themselves. You guys are inspiration. Yeah, it is. It's, we, have, we haven't talked about this much, which is cool. Um, and also, I believe uh, Noelle and I both have experience with which we can, you know, talk about this. So um, there's... There's a lot that goes into hair health. There used to be a blogger in the paleosphere. His name was Danny Roddy, who was like his shtick was how to grow more healthier hair. Like that's what he really cared about. He he um, he blogged primarily for men, but I did a fair bit of reading on his blog uh, many years ago. And most of what it did was alert me to how complex uh, the process of growing hair is. Definitely nutrient deficiencies play a role in both uh, slowed hair growth and hair loss, right? And I think that this is where vegetarianism comes into play. I know many people, myself included, who just shed like it was no one's business when they were vegetarian. Um, I used to like brush my hair and just pull out clumps, you know? Um, And that was after being vegetarian for about four years. Uh, And this is, I think, in large part because zinc is, uh, meat is one of the best sources of zinc in the diet. Zinc is very important for healthy hair. Um, B vitamins are important. Those are also in meat products. Um, And all the sort of trace minerals stuff, selenium, calcium, right? Anything that's like a little bit more mineral than your skin (laughs) is kind of more important for your hair. So, Yes, I think definitely coming away from vegetarianism is important for uh, stopping losing hair. I also want to elevate gluten as an issue. This has just been my experience, but it was proved to me pretty heartily this past year. Uh, Listeners, regular listeners will know that I have uh, integrated a little bit more grain here or there back into my diet. In the last few months, I started eating quite a bit more. I was actually eating a lot of grain on accident. <laughs> so I, uh, I was buying this like muesli, which is the most brilliant food invention of all time. It's basically like a bunch of chopped oats and different kinds of like wheat things, but I didn't know wheat things and some nuts and some dried fruits, but like all very natural and healthy. And then you can eat it with milk or you can heat it up with water, like oatmeal. Like there's just so many options and it's perfect. Um, and so I was eating muesli and just thinking that it was great, like this Odie, whatever. And then I, after weeks read the package and it's like mostly made out of bran flakes. I was like, crap. (laughs) Uh, but I had also noticed that my hair was falling out more, which I think is Really interesting. I'm not going to say that that's definitely the case for everybody. Like, I, you know, I'm a grad student, too. I'm all about free meals. <laughs> but uh, it has at least proven important for me, at least in that regard. So I definitely think that focusing on a year and a half is, is a while to have meat back in your diet. I do think, you know, I... I, you, everybody knows that I shy away from the answer, like just eat paleo. <laughs> I do think that paleo is onto something for hair health. Um, like I mentioned, those minerals that are in meats are really important. Uh, definitely 
no under eating, right? We want to make sure we're getting plenty of carbs and plenty of fat and plenty of protein, you know, like make sure you get all of those things every day, at least a reasonable chunk of each. Um, that's really important. And also, I don't know being if being a broke graduate student has anything to do with this, but stress is huge for hair loss. It's just so big for men and for women both. Um, and so I really recommend, you know, doing whatever you can to reduce stress because this is, this is important. Uh, in terms of like secrets, you know, I don't think that any sort of like topical stuff is really going to help with the growth. Um, it can help with the breakage a little bit, like definitely air on the side of more conditioner rather than less. <laughs> and also uh, maybe washing your hair less often, you know, like repeatedly in your hair of its natural oils can dry it out, can make it more prone to breaking. Um, I personally do now wash my hair every day. There was a period of time in which I tried to stop washing my hair because everybody was like, oh, it's paleo. You don't have to do stuff. <laughs> Everybody's like, paleo, I'm stopping everything the modern world tells me I need to do. Um, I, I did that, that point, too. So, yeah. I stopped brushing Not for your teeth. Long. I stopped wearing <laughs> shoes. Like, I stopped, yeah. you know, washing my hair. I used beer. I was living in a village, a tiny village in the Alps. And I was using beer to wash my hair, you know, it's just like, and, and, and it, it was not effective, which is good. Nobody like had to put up with me smelling like beer and looking very greasy. Um, but it just, it just didn't work for me. I do use uh, standard. I use Pantene Pro-V and Johnson's baby shampoo. Those are the things I use. Um, so yeah, maybe just less, you know, maybe every other day. Um, would work for you sort of play with that and for I'm sorry again that I don't have recommendations in terms of natural hair care products and also finally I want to say in terms of the rate of hair growth uh, that unfortunately is highly genetic uh, you can't really speed that stuff up so have some patience I think treating your hair really gently um, you know don't uh, putting it in ponytails or like those like accidentally messy but purposefully really nice looking buns wait purposefully mm. messy looking nice looking buns like that can be really bad for your hair right if you're sort of like always putting a lot of pressure on it um intense pressure and putting it into knots uh, so be very careful about that also um if you blow dry every day try to wait until your hair like dries mostly naturally on its own you know and then like finish it off with a little bit of a blow dry for some lift to keep the heat off of it. Curling irons are a huge no-no if you don't want to like break or damage your hair with heat. Um, so I, that's sort of like an overall approach to having healthy hair. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, you know, when I was a vegetarian too, I always struggled with, I had white spots on my nails. My nails are always really brittle. Um, I've always had a ton of hair, like very thick, um, hair and so I've never noticed I never had problems with my hair falling out now I do because I'm four months postpartum and it comes out in clumps also side note I cut my hair <laughs> like it's a bob now it's like a it's a what do they call it a long bob it's a lob <laughs> yeah I did it's very nice yeah um I uh I just couldn't take it anymore I literally went in there and I'm like please cut it I just can't um because oh, you're such a mom I know I told That's her, I said, thing. give me a cool mom cut. And she did. It's like longer in the front, gets shorter in the back. It's cool. Um, so anyway, so, and I, I was like, I want beach. I want to do beach waves. Still working on that. Um, 
Anyway, so so hair. I yeah. Eating more just nutrient dense foods, man. Uh I know, I know you're you say you're struggling financially, but if you could possibly spend, you know, just a, l- a few funds, a little bit of your funds to get um, some high-quality eggs, you know, choline, B vitamins, fat-soluble vitamins, pasture-raised eggs would be great. And then eventually if you could move into, like, grass-fed beef, I think that would be huge for you. Um, high-quality iron is really important. The fat-soluble vitamins is really important. Collagen is really important. So if you could incorporate collagen peptides at all into your diet, um, you know, you could add it to coffee, you can add it to whatever, and Thrive Market has them for pretty uh, affordable. Um uh, that would be awesome. So grass-fed collagen peptides, also bone broth, is great because it is a great source of collagen. So you could you could add the kettle and fire bone broth to your uh, daily, you know, whatever uh, food stipend. Um, I'm not sure if you, it, but you can't. You can make it for pretty cheap. I mean, if you just if you can get some grass-fed bones or you have like a chicken carcass, you can make your own. Bone broth, if you got a lot of time to do that um, and you're really short on funds, um, that would be huge. So I do recommend to, I, I actually do this periodically. I do an apple cider vinegar hair rinse, which is just a couple tablespoons of apple cider and like a cup of water. And I pour that. I let that sit on my scalp and that really does condition my hair. Um, my scalp's always been a little dry. So that that has helped a lot. Um, and I just use basic Avalon Organics shampoo and conditioner. I use very little of it. And I did notice that my hair got a lot stronger, a lot healthier when I stopped curling it every day and drying it every day. So honestly, I don't dry it that much anymore. Um, if unless I'm going somewhere, I'm going to be doing something. So I let it air dry and I really don't put a hot iron on it very much. So that that will, you know, your hair can my remember back in the day when I would curl it every day, it would definitely break away a lot. So the more you dry it, the more you curl it, the more it's going to break. So, yeah, healthy hair. If you haven't yet, make sure to head over to thrivemarket.com slash women to get $60 worth of organic groceries for totally free, plus free shipping, plus a free one-month trial membership. Thrive Market is an online marketplace with all the top premium healthy and organic products that you can get from a grocery store, but without the premium prices. It's like the Costco of Whole Foods, except you shop in your PJs from home on your computer and you don't have to get in the car and your bill ends up being up to 50% less. I've been making an order just about every week since it launched, and I I just can't imagine my life without it. So to get started with Thrive Market, go to thrivemarket.com slash wellfedwomen. Question number three is from Nicole. Hello, ladies. Thank you for being kind enough to spread so much joy and information each week through your podcast. I've been listening for quite some time now, and I have enjoyed every episode. Also, congrats on the newest addition to the fam, Noel. My question is about increasing my calorie intake after a lengthy period of restricting my food intake. I'm 18 years old, and I've been eating in a low deficit for over 10 months, and in the past year, I've lost nearly 30 pounds, weight I didn't really have to lose in the first place. I now sit at a low weight, and my body is fighting me. I don't sleep well. My period has been gone for almost a year and I'm trying to get my health back. I'm currently eating between 12 and 1400 calories a day and would like some advice regarding uh, the pace at which I should increase my calories to whatever I find my maintenance to be. But did I already destroy my metabolism so much that this calorie range has become my maintenance? I know it will be hard to increase my food intake and see the scale go up, but there's a way to minimize fat storage while upping calories. Thanks for your time and all of your help. I could really use the feedback. Team Golden Delicious. 
Team Fuji, but it's fine. Golden Delicious are okay. <laughs> you're you're <It's> okay. <laughs> Tell us how you really except, feel about Golden acceptable Delicious. Acceptable answer. Except, well, at least it's not green. That's yeah. fine. Um, okay, so wrapped up in this question are a lot of uh, questions and a lot of behaviors and thoughts that we see and have experienced personally. Um, a lot with people going through this sort of thing. You know, we sort of starve ourselves, right? We undereat to lose weight. We're down at a weight. We realize that our health has diminished. For me, that meant spending years looking for ways to have my cake and eat it too, which meant like I really wanted to be able to be as thin as I was and have clear skin and sleep well and have a libido and be fertile at the same time. And I used paleo, you know, I tried fasting, I tried uh, all different kinds of supplements and nutrients, you know, eating like tons of seaweed, because I heard on one podcast, Rob Wolf said that when women took iodine, they got their period back. <laughs> you know, I just like, I, I remember that very clearly. I was on a bus in the middle of Taiwan when I heard that podcast and I was like, Oh good. I'll eat a lot of seaweed. Of course it didn't do anything because the thing that my body needed was to gain weight. Yes. We can talk about ways to manage your uh, feelings about your body size and your body size while you attempt to restore your health. But in, in the end, what is most likely necessary is for you to eat more and accept the higher body fat percentage that comes along with eating more. Uh, you did say that, it, you know, you lost weight that you didn't really have to lose. And so I think a part of you recognizes that you were at like a weight that was healthy, right? You were at a weight that was sustainable before you lost this. And so I think maybe you might want to start you know, thinking deeply about going back to that size, you know, you can do it slowly if you want. I'm on board with that. But I think progressively moving towards that is really important. At your age, at 18 years old, anybody in their teens and 20s, well, women pretty much all the time, but especially during this time, under eating will cause your body to suck calcium out of your bones and use it elsewhere. And then you can develop osteopenia, which will later on in life lead to you breaking a lot of bones, unfortunately. You know, I have two broken wrists. I had two broken wrists. And I still, I can't do handstands. I can't do push-ups. You know, I, I can't do anything with my hands in that position. I have a hard time opening doors and riding my bike for a long time. Uh, and it's, the doctor said my bone integrity was okay. But it's possible that if I hadn't under-eaten for so long that I, my wrists might not have broken when I fell on my hands. You know, it's possible. I'm not trying to like threaten you with broken bones, but I want to impress upon you that it is important for being nourished to figure out psycholog to psychologically become comfortable with eating more. You know, generally speaking, like, yes, if you eat more calories than you're eating right now, you will probably put on a little bit of weight. But I, I think that this is this is not bad. This is not a bad thing. You know, I think we really need to focus on the psychology of what's going on for you. You know, why you were such a low weight, why you're concerned about maintaining this low weight or 
managing your weight, right? The key is learning to accept that you might put weight on. You know, it's not the end of the world. And hanging out with people like Noel and myself and other listeners of the podcast, hopefully every week can help remind you that your body is most valuable for what it does and not for a number on the scale. And, you know, corporations and the media are around like deliberately making us feel bad about the size of our bodies in order for us to like buy their products. You know, like this is real, this is real stuff. And thinking really deeply about all of the things in the world that are forcing us to want to be small is going to be really important for your physical health. Uh, So in terms of getting your period back and restoring your fertility and health and stuff, I always say, tell people, it will come back more quickly the the more you keep on your plate, you know? So if you go ahead and just start eating 2,000 calories a day, like maybe you'll start menstruating next month or 3,000 calories a day. I'm not saying that's certain, but if you add like 50 calories a month, it's going to take a lot longer. Um, it is true that thyroid metabolism, you know, your body's metabolism does slow down when you eat less. So when you eat more, you know, yes, if you like eat a huge, start eating a bunch of huge meals, you will probably store a lot of that. But also, as you start to eat more, your body will begin to produce more thyroid hormone and your metabolism will be able to restore itself. Um, I can't promise it would like be perfect, but it will definitely bounce back. You know, it will definitely work and keep up with your body. The body has set points and homeostasis mechanisms that regulate body fat and appetite. And it does take a long time. But as you begin to start eating more, you will learn to trust these systems. You're terrified of eating more, probably, you know, to some extent, because you're afraid of what's going to happen. But what you actually need to do is start eating more and realize that that nothing bad happens. You know, you might gain a few pounds, but you have a few pounds to gain. You know, you can definitely. And that will just be a part of your body restoring its uh, its metabolism and sort of everything coming back online. The road is not always super flat. You know, hormone levels do bounce around a bit. Um, you may feel some uncertainty trying to figure out what foods work for you. And you're probably going to spend some time, even though I encourage you not to, you're probably going to spend a fair bit of time worrying continuing to worry about what foods you can eat that will help you be healthier and not make you gain weight. I did that for a really long time. For years, I ate almost nothing but salads and apples. Years, you know, and I think that that was pretty detrimental to my health. And I did that because I was trying to eat more and stay slender at the same time. So uh, I encourage you not to do that. I encourage you to have a little bit more trust and faith in your body. The more you give it these nutrients from food, you know, the more you give it calories, the more it's going to be capable of managing the calories and the more it's going to be capable of uh, using the nutrients you're eating to restore your health processes, to restore your hormones and get you sort of back on track and mentally, you know, not to mention that under eating can be like hard for neurotransmitters. So, The more you start to eat and relax into eating, the better positioned you will be physically and mentally to uh, take care of yourself and feel at peace. Yeah, so you covered 
all of the things. But I I just want to like throw out there too. I just think it's interesting. So, you know, Steph and I have said this multiple times, like we don't have a problem with people wanting to change their body with, with people wanting to lose weight and, and all of those things. However, um, it becomes a problem to us, um, especially when we're, you know, people come to us for advice. So we're going to give our opinion, but it, it is a problem to us. And in our eyes, when people are saying, I want to be healthy again, um, you know, I've lost my period. I'm not sleeping well. You know, my, my health is gone. Um, but I really want to stay at this low weight. And so that's that's the red flag, which is, you know, well, why is it that you want to stay at this really low weight? Because it does seem like you know that it is wrong for your body, that it is your body is fighting you. Um, and that's because it is starving. And I don't say that lightly, you know, um, your body is starving. And so these these are all consequences of of a body that is being underfed and a body that is starving. So I think maybe mentally for you, it would be easier to, to slowly titrate your calories up um, and accept the, the changes and accept your body for exactly how it exists when it's being fed the appropriate amount. Um, you know, that's where I'd love for you to be able to exist. And that's where I'd love for everybody to be able to exist, right? Um, still at the same time, understanding that changing your body is not a bad thing. Um, but there is a very, you know, a harsh reality of, look, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the body that you see on the magazines, y- you know, those people are sick. They're also not healthy. Um, and so we have this, this body type that we, that is praised in society and and we all see it as women. We see it as, well, we need to get there in order to be worthy and to be attractive and to be um, wanted, to be desired, to be, you know, in control of other people's opinions of, you know, whatever, our own opinions of ourselves. And it's just it's just all a bunch of crap, you know, <laughs> sorry, um, I don't have any better words for it. So. It's not, it's not, there's not an equivalent of you get to that size or you get to a place where you think you, you look quote unquote good and your health is going to be good. And while some women can be at a lower weight, maybe you see other women who look like you and they're fine and they're healthy or you think that they're fine and they're healthy. You know, that's because their genetics are different and that doesn't mean that it's going to be healthy and, and good for you. And we speak honestly and openly from this you know with our opinions and advice because we've both been there you know we both drastically under eight we both tried to fight our body um to stay at a place where it didn't need to be and for me it was i was constantly injured i was constantly sick um you know i was miserable mentally and emotionally and you know with uh, i struggled with a ton of anxiety just because i i wasn't eating and over time um, you know, that led to a whole other list of complicated things that I would have loved to maybe have not had to have gone through in life. But, you know, here I am and that's cool. And now I have a completely di- different perspective. So I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. But uh, I would have loved to have been able to s- to pull the veil back and to have like seen the light a little earlier. That would have been cool. Um, and now I exist at a range that I was terrified of existing at when I was in college. And um, it's awesome. And I love it. And I wouldn't change anything, you know. Um, I, I, I like 
being very accepting of my body and where it's at and and I know that my body can be healthy in in a in a range of sizes and you know your bodies change and and bodies are going to change throughout your life and so if you can kind of work mentally and emotionally and think you know why is it that I so desire to up my calories but not actually you know I and maintain my sleep and maintain my health but not put any you know body fat back on you know why is that what's the root and just keep asking why for yourself and um, you know, maybe do some journaling and, and continue to ask why um, and really get to the root of it and and rebuild new conversations around that and maybe explore where those beliefs came from and maybe start to, you know, dissolve them and to, to rebuild new conversations and to start thinking, you know, well, is this really true? You know, all these beliefs that I have about myself and my worth and my body, like, is that true? And, you know, listen to this podcast. We have a couple episodes on on body image, but we really do talk about it all the time. Um, And you can start, hopefully, you know, this podcast will be a resource for you where you can start to rebuild new conversations, you know, just by listening to the conversations that we have with other women in this community and and with each other and and exploring and and explaining, you know, what we've been through. So hopefully that helps. Um, And chill that's always whenever people are like i'd like my period back you got to eat more and chill a little bit um you know really work on stress and stress reduction and um you know maybe move to just walking and and you know focus on you know maybe that's what you do now and i think that this is kind of a good halfway house is like focus on quality you know focus on really upping your calories but like you know what's some good quality foods that I can get that are going to fill me up that um I know are going to be nourishing my body and and supporting me um if that's like a good like kind of mini place for you to exist I think that 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 would be great um but 12 to 1400 calories is 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 drastically too low that's a that's the recommended intake for um a three-year-old and so you're not three you're a an 18 year old woman and definitely need more than that and um and you know if you want to work if you think working with somebody would help just so that you have support like i'm like i want to support you through this but um truth of the matter is i can't because i can't really support myself even at this point in time in my life um i would recommend uh the my coaching group coconuts and kettlebells coaching group i'll just link to it in the show notes but um everybody on my coaching team uh is very aware of body image issues either have their own experience with them or specialize in them and can create the nutrition plan that is like okay we're you know this is how we're going to slowly titrate your calories up and going to support you through that because I don't want you to feel alone or feel like you're just kind of stuck in your own head, which that can be paralyzing. <laughs> yeah. So um, hopefully that was helpful and um, good questions today. We had a lot of great discussion. Anything else from you, Steffi? <laughs> nope. Okay. So for more from me, go to coconutsandkettleballs.com. For more from Stephanie, go to Paleo. For women.com, follow us on the Insta at WellFedWomen and questions can now be sent to WellFedWomen at gmail.com. We will talk to you next week. Bye.